Welcome to another episode of the Outside and Active podcast. I'm your host, Matt Coyne, and this week we have the honor of para-athlete Claire Danson joining us. Winning her age group in triathlon in 2019, Claire then suffered a horrific accident colliding with a tractor whilst out on her bike. Airlifted to hospital, and upon initial assessment, they weren't really sure what was next for Claire. Paralyzed from T5, so no real sensation or movement from nearly halfway down her back and below, a lot of people may have wondered how she would bounce back from this. Claire had a goal that helped her through all the appointments, surgeries, consultations, and sometimes even just getting up and dressed in the morning. She wanted to compete again. When talking to Claire, you could see it in her eyes. The fire is there to race, and we're excited to watch Claire's journey. We talked to Claire about her journey from the accident through to rehab and how that progressed into more training and then racing again. We also talk about parathlete racing and triathlon and what that experience is like if you're considering getting into parathletics. Before we get started, we wanted to say thank you to our awesome season partners of the podcast, Dry Robe, the original outdoor change robe designed to help you get you active outside, whatever the weather. It's a bit like having your own portable changing room. The oversized design of the Dry Robe Advance gives you plenty of space to get changed into and out of your sports gear. Versatile enough to be worn as a coat or jacket on those chilly race mornings or late into those barbecue evenings. Made from 100% recycled fabrics, the waterproof and windproof outer protects you from the elements, whilst a super warm inner lining keeps you warm post-run. From surfing, wild swimming and beach walks, to triathlon, paddleboarding and walking your dog in torrential rain, the Dry Robe Advanced is for anyone. To find out more, head over to dryrobe.com today. Now, back to the episode with Claire. It's Matt Coyne here from Outside and Active, and I have the pleasure of Claire Danson joining me. Welcome, Claire. Hi, thank you very much for having me. And we're at the National Running Show, where we're recording some of these interviews, and um, we've just kind of got you straight off stage. How how was it? Uh, yeah, it was really great, actually. Um, the audience was great. Um, just nice to kind of share a bit about what I've been doing, um, and yeah, just um, just really good experience. And yeah, what sort of, I guess, what's, what's the bit? Because, I mean, you've had quite the journey over the last sort of three years um from sort of I guess is it if I excuse me if I've got the terminology wrong but from able-bodied athlete so you had a bit of an accident when you're out on your bike yes and then now you are um you had spinal cord injury yes yeah that's it and so now you're in your wheelchair but you are back training uh yeah yeah which is amazing um yeah do you want me to just explain a bit yeah if you give us a little bit of your backstory that would be that'd be amazing yeah so um in 2019, I was a, um, a triathlete, um, um, kind of got to quite a high level. So I won the age group European championships. Um, and then my goal for that year was to try and go professional. So I wanted to get my professional racing license. Mm-hmm. Um, as you said, I had a bit of an accident. Um, so I was out on my bike uh, training. And actually, the next day, I was due to fly out to Zalamsi to try and get that professional racing license. Okay. And I was um, had a collision with a tractor whilst I was on my bike, um, yeah. which left me with obviously life changing injuries. Um, I was airlifted to hospital, and they weren't sure how what was going to happen to me at first. Um, but I obviously came through that um, uh, apart from my spinal cord injury. So I'm paralysed. So you from- say apart from your, <laughs> your spinal cord injury. So- <laughs> Yes, yeah, so quite significant. Um, <laughs> um, so you're paralysed from T5, which is kind of like ribs, like there, there, down, yeah. so like um, okay. quite high. Um, yeah. So I don't have any any sensation or any movement or anything from there downwards. Okay. Um, so yeah, I spent four weeks in intensive care and then three weeks in Southampton Hospital, an extra mm-hmm. three weeks, and then went to a spinal unit. 
which is kind of where you really start to learn about what spinal cord injury entails and what it involves and how you're going to live with it and and all that sort of thing. Um, and that's where it kind of hits home to you what's gone on. And, yeah, life's changed a bit. Yeah, quite. Yeah. Um, but so spent another what, four months there. Um, okay. And then, then you come out and then you get another change because now you have to live in the real world yeah. with a spinal cord injury. Um, but I mean, I was I was lucky in that I had so many amazing friends and family around me to yeah. help um, and to support me. Um, and I always had a goal, which was to get back to doing my sport. And yeah. I think having something that drives you, something that kind of makes you get up in the morning when actually sometimes you thought, God, you know, I don't want to. It's going to take me three hours to get dressed like, yeah. and get up. I just and, – and so – so it's not as easy as sort of throwing your shoes on like you used to, for example, go for a run, I'm guessing, right? Exactly. Um, yeah. So, I mean, obviously that's all got better. Like, So at first, because I also had some really significant upper body injuries. So I, I mean, I, I broke my neck as well as my back. I broke. Okay. Um, so it wasn't just spinal cord. <laughs> so no, it wasn't. Um, everything else kind of is fixable, really. Yeah, okay. um, but my right arm was pretty much crushed. So wow. I've got three plates in my wrist. I've got another plate in my shoulder. They had to do some surgery on my elbow. Um, so there was a lot of rehab for my right arm. I mean, my left arm, I broke my wrist in as well, but that healed super fast. And I think it was just because... I needed something to work. You needed to, yeah. Um, um, but my right arm, I couldn't, I couldn't lift it. I couldn't get my arm to my mouth. I, I just couldn't use it for such a long time. It yeah. took months of rehab. Um, um, so, so there was there was that. Um, no, that's right. Well, when so when like you know you're kind of you're going through that, and obviously there's a lot going on in your head. If you probably wanted to get back out running or cycling or swimming or whatever part it was, mm. but like what part of that? When did you make that goal of like I'm I'm going to go and compete, or whether it's competing or just taking part? But when when did you have that moment? So it was actually really early on that I knew that was going to be the goal. Um, when I was in intensive care, they put me on a ventilator. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can't speak when you're on a ventilator. So they give you a letterboard where you can spell out words. Um, I couldn't because I couldn't use my hands, but I could squeeze someone else's finger. So my family would go through the letters and we'd spell out words that way. They got very good at guessing what words I yeah. wanted, so they didn't have to bother. <laughs> they know you well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but So the first word that I wrote was sorry. And then the second word was para-athlete. So that was probably two or three days after my accident um, at the point where I knew that I was paralyzed. Um, but I, I knew that I wanted to still to still do exercise and I kind of needed everyone else to know that because I was also aware that the rest of my body was in not a good shape. So they needed to know that we needed to like rehab that well enough so I would be able to do it. I'm intrigued to know why you wrote sorry. Is that... Did, did you want to talk through that? <laughs> so I think I was painfully aware at the fact that at what it was doing to them, okay. um, which again, I suppose is quite unusual that early on to have that awareness, but I knew that it was serious and I knew that they were there and they'd stayed there the whole time. And I just knew that it would have been causing them probably more grief than it was causing me because I, I think there's an element of it actually being harder for the people around you mm-hmm. because you're there and you're being looked after. And they sort of just have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. But then I guess that's yeah, that's that's where those good friends and family, that support network, when you come into something like this, yes, um, matter, isn't it? Mm. Okay. So you decided you wanted to be a parathlete. That didn't happen overnight no. because obviously you had you still had a bit of a recovery journey to go. I guess. So when did you kind of get back into training, and, and what did that look like when you first kind of got back to inverted commas training? 
Um, so I think I almost considered my rehab in itself as training to begin with. So it would just be things like, where can I move my right arm to and all that. And I kind of considered that that was all building towards it. And then when it got strong enough um, to be able to do a bit more, there was hand bikes in hospital. So I'd mm-hmm. use one of those. I mean, they didn't really have any resistance on them, but it was getting the movement going. Yeah. Um, and then as soon as I left hospital, that was when I was like, well, now... I, I can get my own equipment and do my own things. Um, I came out of hospital and we were straight into lockdown. Yep. Um, so I had a handbike delivered, like one of those static ones that you get in the gym. Yeah. And I just did kind of 10 minutes on it and then 20 minutes was built it up each day till yeah. I was doing quite a lot. Um, and then there was like a hill near where, where we're living. Um, so we'd do some hill reps up and down yeah, there. Amazing. So it's just kind of what I could do in the circumstances. Yeah. Um, <laughs> ordered some weights and then realized a they're really expensive because <laughs> weights are heavy to post yeah. Um, yeah. and b everyone else was doing that because it was lockdown and lockdown, no one could do anything course. yeah were um, they even available did you get some i got a couple <laughs> um, but i'm not very strong and certainly wasn't at that point so i only needed little ones um you didn't go the baked bean tin route then no i didn't no. actually you could have done <laughs> yeah. it would probably been heavy enough to begin with yeah um, um so it was kind of about just doing what i could and that was more about getting into a routine of training and yeah. learning about the new things i could do and what my arms could do and just getting them used to it mm-hmm. um and then once i'd done that for a few months probably like five or six months um i spoke to will usher who's the coach at the team that i'm in which mm-hmm. is precision race team um and he said to me, I'd really like to train you. Um, what do you think? And and we kind of, he'd been there throughout all of my rehab. Um, we decided that we would do it together kind of thing. So he, he sets my program, Amazing. But, um, very much a team effort. And he's kind of learnt alongside me, yeah. uh, you know, what I need, how it's different to training able-bodied people and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so now it's kind of quite structured. Um, as I say, he's, He's been there throughout the whole of, of my rehab, him and, and Raya as well, who's the other coach in the team. There, well, it's um, quite inspiring, though, to sort of be on that journey together, both learning and, and trying to figure out the best way to do things going forward. Yeah, it's really great. And and the whole team actually are a part of that process. So obviously yeah. Will is my coach and he's there a lot. But when we train together, they all learn like, oh, you know, do I need help? Do I not need help? If I do get stuck with something, can they help me? What yeah. What do I do that's different? Um, where do they step in or not I suppose yeah, as exa- well because exactly, there yeah. must be a bit of self-learning for you still as, as you go yeah. through each stage right yeah there definitely is um, and like every time something changes like I've just got a new race chair mm-hmm. and that's a bit more difficult to get in and out of and had a bit of a struggle last time we were at track and there was about four of us trying to get me in it and <laughs> probably a few too many people trying to yeah. get me in it but it's just as you say we're all learning together um, and it's it's their willingness to be a part of that which is that's amazing incredible. Yeah. Well, so I remember, so I've taken part in the superheroes series triathlon oh, yeah. um, and helped a friend round once or twice, which was highly entertaining. <laughs> um, but I remember it was the first time really I got up close and personal to those race chairs. Oh, yeah. And it's incredible how much you're clamped down. I mean, it's like a ski boot ratchet system <laughs> that they put you in. Yeah. Like that must, I mean, that must feel quite, quite surreal sort of the first time, like you said, of this new chair getting in and out and then. You're sort of strapped at an angle so that you're more proficient, I guess, going yeah. forward. Is that right? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, and it's just, they tend to be a tight fit. And, and obviously, because so you kneel in them mm-hmm. and like for you guys, you'd step into it and you'd kneel under. Yeah. Obviously, I can't do that. So there's a, there's a very much a technique for getting in, but 
you go in front ways and twist your body round, but that means when you go in, you have to like put your legs over each other and cross them, and then they uncross, and it's quite, quite complicated. Compl- yeah. It is quite complicated, and it's quite easy to get wrong. I can imagine um, somebody who is a bit more proficient at it and had done race uh, race chair for yeah. a long time would be like, it's really easy. Yeah. But um, <laughs> that's also something that I've learned the whole way through. Every time you do something to begin with, it's so hard. And it's it would be so easy to just say, do you know what, it's too hard, I don't want to do it. And yep. actually, I wouldn't judge anyone for that because it is hard. It is hard. But actually, what I've learned is that the more you do it, it gets easier. And then one day, you're just doing it and not even thinking about it. Yeah. And something else is hard now because you've yeah. moved on. Um, but that know, just we were, enables you to kind of grow. Well, that's, we were t- I was talking to Steve Cram earlier um, and we were talking about that, you know, from your growth from a 5K to 10 to half marathon, et cetera. And it's just, it is all those steps. Yeah. If you have never done any of that before and you turn up tomorrow and say, I'm going to go do a race, you might be able to do it, yeah. but you might hurt quite badly. Yeah. So it's the same thing, right? It's these, yeah, it these sort of baby steps to sort of get through each stage. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And, well, so what does triathlon look like for you now then? Is it kind of your full swim, bike, run? Are you doing hand bike versus sort of push chair when you, when you get to the inverted commas run side of stuff what does what does that look like for you now uh, so the swim is pretty much the same it's yep. the swim um i i do tie you could, you're allowed to strap your legs together so i strap mine together so that they're kind of not going all over the place yeah um and then um you have someone help you out with water so you have handlers that help you out and yep. you're allowed uh one person in transition to help you so like get my wetsuit off and stuff yeah because, i mean wouldn't we all want it? Able-bodied, you'd like someone to help you take your wetsuit off, don't you? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, and then, and then it's hand bike instead of like normal bike, so um, reclined, and we yeah. like hand cranks. Um, and then it is race chair for the run. Yeah. Um, so you just you have to go from one to the other, and again, your um, person in transition can help you with that because it's quite. It, it's more of a speed as much as anything else, yeah. but you've got to get out from the floor up, and then up, and then into the race chair with your legs underneath you. It's just, yeah. Um, Help, help yeah, yeah, it makes. I know from I've done a few triathlons and, and having an extra pair of hands would have been quite nice for myself. <laughs> yeah. So I, I can I can well imagine. <clears throat> but maybe um, for people that are kind of you know thinking about they want to get into this, like triathlon can be an expensive sport anyway. Um, there's lo- there's plenty of books out there about using your cheap bike and your old shoes and you know not worrying about a wetsuit or something. But if you have to think about hand bikes and sort of maybe a bit more proficient race chair. What's the best way for someone, you know, in a chair that's kind of, I want to do that and I don't have thousands or I can't get a sponsor because I'm just brand new to this. Like, what's your advice to those sorts of people or people in those situations? So I do think there's a gap in in facilities to help people. I think that's the biggest barrier. I think you've, mm-hmm. as you hit the nail on the head, um, my advice would be swimming. You don't really need much more because you need to get to a swimming pool, but swimming you can do. Handbike, you're right. You have to have a, have access to one. Um, there are there's a few groups and things online where you might be able to find people who could who you could use theirs and borrow theirs. Borrow, yeah. um, secondhand ones um, aren't so expensive. Um, and then I suppose yeah, it is about finding the community because I think most of us would be more than happy to loan out our bikes if we weren't using them, and that's yeah. that sort of thing to get people into it. And then and then if if, if if you can get is a bit like with any normal bike, you can get really expensive ones. You can get less expensive ones. Yeah. Um, so it'll be about going for that secondhand one. Yeah. If you've decided you really like it, but you're right. It would be, you'd want to kind of check out that you liked it first. Um, I mean, there are, there are some of those events, you know, like this superhero series type thing. And they yeah. do, I think they, you know, part of it, you can hire and try this stuff as well. So if you, 
if you want a taster, I'm sure there's are there more events like that happening? So I you know? think I think for hand cycling, I think Hand Cycling UK does some events around the country, okay. so you can you can use the bikes because actually you're right. That's quite a big thing. It's just using it and just thinking, oh, this is something that I want to yeah. do. Um, in terms of race chair, I actually went to so the race chair was the one that I found quite difficult to get into okay. because it's quite specific. Um, I didn't have a chair, so how do you get hold of a chair? Um, um, and actually, I it took me quite a while to get into a proper chair. I was just using my day chair. And I went to um, a Velocity Race Team, which is based in Sutton, mm-hmm. and they have chairs that you can use. The coach there is a, a lady called Chris. She's just superb. Um, and actually, um, they'll let you use their chairs. You don't take them away, but you can go there twice a week yeah. for training, and, and you would know if you like them then. Um and then you can think about, okay, get, get in your own chair. Um, the, also, the great thing about that club is it literally goes from beginner to elite. Okay, so amazing. there's kind of people like me turning up who've never done it before. Yeah. And then they've also got people who, um, the guy that won the test went Westminster 10K last week yep. was from our club. Okay. Um, so, you know, and, and Chris does it so well that everyone is getting the training that they need. Yeah. So, I mean, from a personal recommendation, I would say go there. Yeah. But of actually course, yeah. investigate your local athletics club, investigate yeah. what's around you. There's probably more than you think. Yeah. But it might take a bit of You've just got to go under the surface a little bit. To start yeah. With. Yeah. Okay. And so have you got a race in mind coming up? Is there a date in the diary that you're kind of, that's what you, that's who you want to go for? So I'm actually racing next weekend okay about that. Yeah. uh it's the first one so british triathlon do like a series yeah it's the first one of the series it's in linnethley in wales yeah and then beautiful location yeah, yeah amazing <laughs> yeah so that should be nice um and then i'll do the rest in the series and then british cycling also do a series so i'm going to do that this year as well okay. and then the big kind of event is i'm doing i'm riding from london to paris amazing. um yeah, which would be cool. Um, and that's... Um, is that on the... Is it called the Garden Route, I think, once you get over over sure, into quite, France? Quite possibly, I'm not sure. Okay, no, that's fine. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm doing it with, uh, with Red... Uh, sorry, with Hot, Hot Chili, which is a okay. um, like a company. Mm-hmm. Um, and there'll be six or seven, I'm not sure, hand bikes. Amazing. And then, obviously, also um, like two-wheel bikes with us. Yeah. Um, so it should be a really fun event, yeah. Oh, magic. Well, what does your what does your sort of training week look like then? How do you how do you start the week? Uh, so it's obviously a split between swim, bike, run, and then I do two rehab sessions uh, a week as well that is all kind of, I get to do some standing and yeah. and different bits and pieces there. Um, so on a Monday, and it's quite, it's quite structured, it's generally quite samey, inter- like the sessions are different, but uh, on a Monday I have a, a swim, race chair and rehab. Yep. And then Tuesday I've got swim, gym and bike. Mm-hmm. Wednesday, race chair and swim. Thursday, bike. Friday, swim and race chair. And then Saturday's a long ride, so like four hours, and then rest day on a Sunday. Yeah. Um, so it's quite full. Yeah, um, yeah. But um, I love it. I'm but really and this is what you do full time, right? Yeah, like, yeah. This is, this is yeah. your thing. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, amazing. And what about? I mean, nutrition wise as well. Like, what's your? Um, I mean, like, you'll you'll have your plan that fits around your training and things. But like, what's your go to snack once you've finished a ride or a swim or something like that? So recently, I mean, apart from, like, I've eating all the, food. all the food. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty much all the food, isn't it? Um, so recently, what I've discovered that I really love because it's like eating after eight mints um, is the SIS chocolate mint 
protein recovery bars. Oh, really? I literally love them. Now, protein bars aren't for everyone. No, but of course. I literally, I'm like, it's, it's fine. I can eat like two, right? Because it's recovery food. So, you know, it's fine. It's totally fine. <laughs> two, three, you know. And minty, it'll um, keep you fresh. Exactly, quite. Um, so currently yeah. those, but I'm yeah. one of these people that has like phases. So that is the phase I'm in at the moment. Yeah, okay. And as part of that phase, are you planning your meals every week and you've got the kind of, you know, set out exactly what you need week to or day to day even? Or are you kind of like, right, what's in the fridge? What can I throw together? Um, I'm probably more the latter, but yeah. I have um, thing like thoughts in my head that I need to eat a certain amount, particularly protein because I'm not so good on that. So mm-hmm. it's like, okay, what have I got that's good protein that I can have now that I need or mm-hmm. what do I need? So I'm thinking about the next session, but I'm also kind of trusting that I've got what I need in the house, which works most of the time. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to do something different. I thought I had that and I don't. Yeah. Um, but I'm very aware of like what I need to eat, um, yeah. but that I, I'm not far forward thinking enough to plan for a week. Yeah, Okay. And uh, so before one of your long rides, I know this is something that a lot of people struggle with of like what's, you know, wanting enough food so that they can do it, but then not too much that it obviously upsets stomachs and things like that. So what's your kind of go to, you know, prep before a long, well, long swim, bike or ride? Um, I'm very like standard porridge is my yep. go-to. Porridge, okay, um, yeah. yeah, porridge yeah. is my Used go-to. That. With so, berries, no berries. Um, sometimes I yeah. mix, mix, yeah. or like <laughs> sometimes a bit of honey or something like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm pretty pretty standard on that. Porridge is is every time. It's the um, go-to. Yeah, it's the go-to. Okay, amazing. So you're also an ambassador for the Wings for Life race. Yes. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, so yeah, um, the Wings for Life um, well run this year is the 8th of May. Um, and it's really good because tomorrow is tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, so it's, um, part of what's great about it is it's global. So it goes on all around the world all at the same time. So like people in Australia will be doing it in the night. We're doing it at 12 PM. Um, and it's also really accessible to anyone. So with most races, it's like, Oh, it's a 10 K or it's a half marathon or a marathon. But this one, you just go, as far as you can go um, because what they do is it's on the app um, and you press go on the app and you start running. And then 30 minutes later, they set off a virtual car to catch you. Um, and then when it catches you, you're out. So Brilliant. if you want to get caught, you can just stop. Yeah. Just walk. <laughs> Walking is fine. Yeah. Walk around, wheel, do whatever. Um, um, and that just, yeah, it just means it's accessible to everyone. Um, and what's really great about it is, um, every single penny that you pay for your race fee goes to research for um, a cure for spinal cord injury. Oh, amazing. Which is really great. And I, um, so um, Wings Life is fully funded by Red Bull, so they don't have those admin costs or anything. That's which means great, any it? money that you donate does literally go to finding that cure. Yeah, amazing. Um, Incredible. And they're doing really good work. Um, uh, you might have seen, it was a few weeks ago now, which I think it was, it was more like this, I, kind of, I think it was February time, there was a man who... They, I think they injected something in his spine. I'm not certain of the science, um, but he could walk again. And yeah. part of that was funded by Rings to Life. So oh, was it really? Yeah, and it's so it's it's happening. Yeah. Um, we're close, um, and I do think it will happen in my lifetime. Yeah, um, which would be incredible. Like I think it's like every four hours, someone suffers from a spinal cord injury exactly. somewhere around the world, which which is quite big and. And it's not when it happens. You've got to think about the network of people around them that it affects as well. Yeah. Um. I know my injury has affected a huge number of people. Mm-hmm. Um. So if we could find a cure, that would be amazing. That would be incredible. I remember watching those, and 
I remember the emotion coming out when that happened because yeah. it was kind of like, you know, maybe, maybe it could happen. Yeah. So yeah. amazing. Okay, well, Claire, if, um, if, there's, if people want to follow your progress or, you know, see where you're going or, or check out what's going on, what's the best place to, to send them to? Um, probably Instagram for me. Yep. Um, so I think my thing name on there is, um, <laughs> really good for this, um, <laughs> uh, is uh, C Danson 10. Um, okay. so that's probably yeah the best place awesome and we'll make sure we share that when we when we release it all as well but Claire it's been a privilege talking to you so thank you so much for your time thank you I've really enjoyed it thank you thank you so much to Claire for joining us and sharing her story with us all if you do want to keep up to date with Claire's journey please do follow her on Instagram at cdanson10 so that's c-d-a-n-s-o-n 10 thank you again to our epic partners at Dry Robe for supporting us this season Check out the latest robes for any event or season at dryrobe.com. Until the next time, enjoy the outside. <laughs>